podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Right, good evening, hello, welcome along. We're a bit late onto the forum this evening. Um, we know everyone's in a word of depression, and then we're in a word of elation after the, after the press conference today. Uh, tonight, I've gotten back some of the lads that you might remember from the forum. Um, that you might you might know, as opposed to the lads that we all know that set up the podcast in the first instance that have been on the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> joining me tonight, as ever, is the admissible Andy Young. Andy? Great to have you in, son. Yeah, good to good to be back. Welcome to the forty club. Last week, yeah, Welcome yeah, to the 40 yeah. Club. That's actually seven, seven, seven. Seven. Welcome to the forty club. It's great. It's great to have you in it. Um, it's, uh, eventually, you got there. It's great to see that you're still alive. Yeah, below me here. Below me here is Ray Dicko Dickinson, of course, the man who's solely responsible for the banner that went up at Anfield at the weekend to make sure that Jurgen Klopp knew how much we support them. So, Ray, well done for doing that. I think that was a great gesture. And, and I know Klopp really didn't appreciate it at all today at the press conference. So just to add, just shows you what he really thinks of the fans, right? Um, good to have you back in. Yeah, cheers. Put a few calls in there, work the treat. Excellent, excellent stuff. And then, of course, down in me corner, bitly there, there, there. And of course, it is Pete all the way from Barcelona. Barcelona. Welcome along, Pete from Barcelona. How are you getting on in Barcelona? Never a chore. And I just want to say, well done with the haircut as well. It looks great. It looks great. Fabulous. It is, yeah. It is. It is. It's it's good, good stuff. And it's also nice to see that you're wearing the old Adidas Roy Hudson kit as well, because it's 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 appropriate for this time of year. Rafa, this is the Rafa kit. The last time we had a coursed <laughs> jersey maker Adidas, we've replaced it with the coursed Nike coursed pool football club kit that we now wear. Right. Um, it's great to have you all along in the comments. In the comments, in the comments, in the comments. I'm going to be listening and we're looking at your comments all night long. Any interesting ones or any good ones, I will clearly, clearly, clearly read these out to the people um, and see what we all get in. But we have four topics. And if you can come up with a fifth topic, I'll, I'll cut one of the topics short and we'll talk about the fifth topic. Uh, the four topics I'm going to kick off, it's my topic. We're going to kick off the very first topic. Um, and that is Klopp the Builder. Can he fix it? Um, and I'll, I suppose this this topic when I looked at the, the 
Gav did the graphic wrong. So basically, this stems from the idea that we all love Jorgen Klopp. I think the outpouring of love and wrapping our arms around him and letting him know he's one of ours um, is without doubt merited and completely called for. The thing is, though, Jorgen Klopp has made his name as a builder of things, a builder of projects, a builder of teams, a builder of squads, and a builder, right? The greatest co- the greatest coaches of all time have been builders, but the, the greatest of the greatest have been maintainers. And for the first time ever, I've seen Pep Guardiola become a maintainer in his role at Manchester City. Alex Ferguson was arguably the greatest maintainer we've seen over the last 25 years. Bob Paisley was one of the best maintainers we've ever seen. He didn't have to build it, though, whereas Bill Shankly built it and maintained it for a long time. So this belief that Jurgen Klopp will get it right, I question, because Jurgen Klopp has never maintained anything. He's built it, he's delivered, but he's yet to go to the next stage, which is maintaining. And if you look at what he's done at Liverpool, he created the formula that got them to the Champions League finals, got them to the Premier League goal and has got them there. And for the first time, it really looks like that he needs to go again. So lads, the question I have, how much faith do you have in Jurgen Klopp being able to become a maintainer, which lifts him from being one of the greatest coaches of his time to the greatest, to being in the pantheons of the greatest of the greatest? Ray, I'll go to you because you're a scouser and you can give us the scouse vibe off this. I think a lot of the stuff that you know went on in the aftermath of the loss, and then it kind of reaching a bit of hysteria uh, on social media, I think was kind of a a real sort of knee jerk reaction as to what's kind of gone on, and it, it really is kind of you know the typical hot takes and whatnot coming out in force, and um, and I think then mix in a bit of kind of you know rumour mill on the likes that of WhatsApp, you know, it lends itself to that. And I think we were in kind of almost got to full on panic mode in in in, in double quick time. Um you know, book bookmakers making clop odds on to be the next manager to go and all this sort of stuff. It just the petrol was just being constantly poured on the fire from all kinds of angles. Um it was just unbelievable, really. Um, and obviously he comes out today and he kind of reassures uh, people who were kind of caught up in, in, in a lot of that. But back to your original question around building, I think basically what's happened here, if you want to use that analogy, I think, bas- you know, we've, we've been building something steadily, steadily. And then all of a sudden, like, we've, we've not just had little cracks appear. We've had, you know, gaping holes appear. And he's had to really try and kind of, do some emergency repairs on the job really as he's as as this thing was building and building and building and i think you know he's trying to do it a little bit with one hand tied behind his back because clearly the funds weren't there in january to go and do those kind of things that needed a bit of remedial action there and then and and, and kind of at least put us back into a um a, a title challenge which is obviously completely evaporated now but He's got he's got a serious challenge on his hands now in terms of this isn't really for me this is about the kind of the the immediate term he's really the challenge is about making sure that we finish in the top four now because slipping down to six there's no kind of um, it, it's not a false position really isn't like we can be, we can moan and go on about the injuries and what's happened to us and the bad luck and the VARs but he's really he's he's going to have to really show his 
his metal like he's probably never thought he's going to have to show it uh, for Liverpool since he's come here. So um, I think for me, it's like I, I'm not really too bothered about being this maintainer or building the next squad or whatever. For me now, it's just a pure focus on making sure we get top four. Andy, confidence in Klopp moving from being a builder to a maintainer, and, and which lifts him from the pantheon of great managers of great coaches of his time to being in the greatest of the greatest. Well, I don't, I don't really agree with your theory. To be, to be quite honest, um, yeah, at Dortmund it came to an abrupt end, and it, it all went wrong for him very quickly, and. Yeah, you're right. He built up something there that he's kind of done. And he, yeah, Liverpool, he's made names out of players who, who weren't exactly household names and made them world beaters. He's made them the best team in um in the in the country, in Europe, the world. And to to be honest, we aren't at that phase where he needs to rebuild the rat. And this he's just been hit with a huge amount of circumstances completely out of his control. Um so you can't even question his ability to maintain anything in this situation. He hasn't got the tools available available to him to even test that competency. So the difficulty Klopp will have, which which I believe, which I've always kind of said, his the way he motivates people to the brink of their their mental um uh, ability, physical ability, puking and training, training them harder, depressing the running more than any other team, uh, wanting things more than any team, uh, giving them that carry. Um, it's it's very hard once that's achieved to to maintain that same level of motivation because the effort that would have had to go into that for three years and then the hangover uh, of this season. Like, I mean, that was going to be a test in itself. But we, we don't know because we've shit loads of injuries that's affected uh, numerous important positions. We one of the main foundations that this whole team has been built on is the functional midfield. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Ginny Wijnaldum and Fabino. Without them, this team cannot function properly. They can't get the fullbacks up higher and they can't, they can't protect them when we lose the ball and we can't win the ball up high. The amount of goals that we score from, uh, from uh, winning the ball up high and springing forward transition. So, this year is just a complete anomaly for for Klopp. You can't you can't even judge him on on what's happened this year. Time will tell. I've I, I've I've more re- I've I've no reason to doubt him. You know what I mean? It, it he's there's not there's nothing he's done that you said. Oh, he he won't be able to maintain this. The yeah, team, there's no there's no evidence of him maintaining anything yet. This is my point, Andy. We, 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 our belief is founded on the so basis why, that why he, doubt him? Why doubt it? No, no, uh, nobody's doubting him. Saying he has, you can, yeah, you can only doubt something if you have a have a proven record in doing something. You can't. This is stepping into the unknown. In the same yeah. way, it was when Dortmund gave him the job after he led Mainz to relegation and then promotion again, and they went on the basis that they believed he was a great coach. This is a step into the unknown for both the club and the manager. He's okay. never had. To, he's never had to rebuild a squad, and this, like, we are at the end of a cycle with this squad. Yeah, but how many managers? Like, it, I mean, he's, he's how many still, managers he's, successfully do this, Andy? Yeah, Very so, few. Okay, so well, this is the this is the point. So he's um he's still relatively junior in his in his uh, in his work. It's a second big big job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like 
he's not Ancelotti where he's been around the world at different clubs and you, and you can test them on, on whether that's happened. You haven't got a big sample of whether he's able to build and maintain. And I don't want to but, cut across you, but Ancelotti is a terrible example because I will give you that Ancelotti is the classic example of a builder but not a maintainer. He goes yeah. to a club, he does something. If you look at his, one of his longest spells was recently. No, my point, my point is Ancelotti has a sample size mm. okay. to, to take to take evidence from. But Klopp doesn't have a huge sample size. All, all I can really base it on is what I've seen at Liverpool. And he's improved areas when we've needed improvement. Mm-hmm. And when, when areas start to decline, which they haven't, you know what I mean? Our midfield hasn't declined. You know, we peaked last season. We haven't seen a decline where we've needed to replace it. Let's not forget, we haven't really replaced a big player yet. Like Firmino was was looking like the standout sort of player that may need to be replaced first. Then when Alden wouldn't sign a um, a new contract. So he became that. And it looked like Thiago was going to be the, the when I say short term, I don't mean like he's only going to, but he's 29. You know, we haven't bought the twenty-three-year-old Ginny Wijnaldum yet, so that 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 is that's going to be a test in itself. But all of this was reset. This is a fake season. <laughs> this is a silly season. Um, it's so ridiculous. It's football has never had these sort of challenges before. We won't know anything till things are back to normal. Crowds and one of the big parts, as we know, uh, cl- uh, that club motivates his players on is that connection with the fans. He did it at Dortmund, and he did, and he's done it here. And we need them fans back in the ground before we Pete, can judge anything. And, pl- and players back from injury. Pete, is, is Andy here not just argued my point in that we're talking about that we we are now in the forced phase with Klopp where he has to replace big players. So he's brought the big players, he's developed the big players, and now we're at the situation where Genie's about to go on a free contract and he's getting close to 30. Firmino's gone over 30, which is the first time we've we've seen those strikers go over 30 in, in, in a Klopp situation. We're now looking at Jordan Henderson move into his 30s as well. Virgil van Dijk is an absolute genius. He's... 29 heading into his 30s. This is where I'm talking about the progression of a manager. And we're, we're going to witness a manager, assuming that Klopp wants to stay with us and, and all for everything he said in the press conference he does. This is going to be his first test. And do you feel, uh, despite everything that's going on in his personal life, do you think that this is part of the attraction for Klopp as well? Yeah, I think so. I think he's up for the challenge. I mean, I understand why, Philip, that you're questioning it because... He hasn't proved it yet. But I think a, a large part of that scepticism is coming from perhaps buying into the, the media and the social media agenda. Uh, you know, th- this whole thing is, oh, the injuries are an excuse. Just because something is an excuse, it doesn't mean it's not a valid reason. I mean, 18 plus force team injuries. I don't think any other team in the premiership or perhaps in the, at the top levels in Europe would be even talking about finishing fourth or anything like it, if they suffered the kind of injury. This is it's unprecedented, and it's, you know, people you people are very quick to drop, and I won't even dignify name-dropping the guy that said it, because it's just banter from his side, and it's just fueled by this, you know, ABL a legion out there. Everybody wants to say it's an excuse. It's not an excuse. These are facts. Do you know what I mean? The, the fact that the, the squad is absolutely ravaged by injuries, it's not just affected the back line, it's destroyed the midfield. So, I mean, you talk about rebuilds, you know, this is this is a nothing season. This is not a season. For me, it's people talk. I think Dan made the point earlier on in the comments that 
you know, last season was the asterisk season. No, it's not. This is the asterisk season. I mean, pre-season has been all over the place. And you must remember, Liverpool have been running at full pelt individually as players. You're, you know, physically, you're going to come to an end of a cycle, to a year, maybe one in three, where you're, you're not so, you know, the wear and tear of, of putting 198 points on the board is starting to is starting to show. And that's probably where the injuries are coming from. But it feeds into your point as well, Phil. You know, where is where is the backfield coming from? I think, again, the injuries has probably somewhat scuppered the trans, transfer window momentum that we should be seeing. We probably should have been lining up a couple of young midfielders. For example, that midfield player from uh, Brighton, who seems to be ready-made to step into Genie Wijnaldum's position. Perhaps we should be having that conversation, and we probably would be if we weren't desperately scouring Europe with practically no budget, looking for centre-halves. So I think a lot of things are scuppered have been skewed. Yeah, I guess, but uh, you look at it and you say to yourself, right, there is a big, like, there's no excuses in terms of what he needs to do. He needs to find out. And he also needs, I, in my book, to progress the squad again, and Shawnee mentioned it last night on the show as well, we do need to look at a rejig of some sorts when it comes to the shape where he came. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. From Dortmund to Liverpool, his shape at Dortmund was primarily with a central striker and three really um, aggressively attacking attacking midfielders behind him he comes here and he goes with three three forwards which aren't traditional forwards so if you think Mane and Salah are main goal threats they aren't central forwards and Firmino is the ancillary goal threat but he doesn't play as 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 the as the pivot in, in the team he drops behind the other two to allow them to come inside so he changes all that around but in a way, when it when when a league gets used to playing against your tactics for five years, you're waiting for the next evolution. What is the next evolution? And I thought well, the guy second. we had yeah. it with Jota. When Jota came into the side, mm-hmm. I, I mean, nobody knew. No, it, you know, people talked about was being predictable in the final tour. And then Jota came in, and nobody seemed to be able to pick him up. He was scoring goals for fun, and then he got injured. You know, I I don't think we're as predictable as you might fear. I think. The unpredictability is there. I think we're just very, very unlucky. Um, it's not an excuse. It's a reason, you know. The problem is, it's in terms of player availability at the moment, and this is even in-game as well, we've got no one really come on and really sort of positively impact things. Like when you get to a point, when you when you get into points in games and you, you know, you're a goal down and you think... You, you think to yourself, who, who can we bring on to impact this, to change it, to change the shape, to change the momentum, to you know, and and you, you, then you, the first names that pop into your head, Ox, you know, Arigi, you know, Shakiri. I, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not play like it's not. You know, you think when United have have something to overcome that you can usually throw on Greenwood or Cavani mm. or Martial. You know, these the, 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 it's it's night and day really at the moment in terms right. of what, what they were. Got. That's three players there you named that weren't involved last season at all, and as a, as a circum the circumstances as they are, their players were relying on this season. Forget it, lads. It's not real. Um, we talk about the team being predictable. Where teams know what we're going to do, they know what we're going to do, but they can't stop it when Liverpool have their full team there. 
when they yeah. have their midfield operating like they can and when they have the full backs operating like they can and you can't stop Mo Salah and, and Mane when they're flying and Firmino when he's in a bit, better form and look when we seen Jota came into the team he, it was so refreshing um, we, 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 this could be a totally different season if, if he stayed fit I've no doubt I've no doubt in my mind at all if Virgil was was didn't get injured like that and Jota was coming in into this team and Thiago was able to come into that team with Henderson and and uh, Wijnaldum or uh, Fabinho. You're talking, it's different gravy. Why are we even questioning Klopp at all? You know, why, I don't why, think anyone's we, we, questioning Klopp, Andy. I like, not no just, not, I'm not talking, not even us, not even us, but people around, people are questioning general, Klopp around, around, around yeah. social media. Who? Uh, the mainstream Social media. media. Social media, mainstream, mainstream media. Mainstream if, media. If it says if it says media, it's irrelevant. Okay, well, people people are down and clap. Okay, they are people. But they're are not real people. They live well, in wardrobes and stick Doritos up their bum. Well, they're they not do, real people. They do. The Look, they do, and mean. they and they go to parties wearing nappies and they're when they're growing up. <laughs> but like they, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. Uh, and that th- th- the thing is. <laughs> We we're, we're not having this conversation if if those players are fit. We're not. We're honestly not. I I don't know. I, I, and the reason I'd sort of argue against your point because I do think we need an an evolution in terms of where we were. Because I think when you look at the Atletico Madrid match and from from the Watford game last season to where we are, we've had this inconsistency that hadn't been there up until the Watford match, which was before the Atletico Madrid game last year. And if you look at how we ran our points totals post-lockdown, it wasn't near the standards we'd set up until the lockdown period. And I think that it gave gave teams an awful lot of time to go away and look at how to nullify essentially our, our marauding fullbacks. And once you'd killed our fullbacks, now, and this was this was with a full-fit team, this is with VVD and stuff like that, right? All it is is that this, by you shutting that down, we needed a new way of playing. And I still think we're figuring it out. And, and sometimes I thought the, I thought the diamond shape that we saw against Crystal Palace when we scored the, the the seven goals, and we used it against Midgets in Legoland there before Christmas time as well. I thought that diamond shape was 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 where we were going with this type of redefining how we play to allow us to play more through the middle as opposed to relying fully on our fullbacks bombing on, and yeah. that's even with all the injuries that are there. Look, just to address, Luke, I, I'm not ignoring our, our form post-lockdown. It, it was poor, but let's not forget the season did stop for a significant amount of time and we came back into empty stadiums. Our whole momentum had had stopped. You know, um, it's 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 the same thing that's going on now. It's a huge factor. When the, when the season started again, I was so concerned how much an empty Anfield would affect us. Look, we've lost three games at home. We haven't lost three games in four years at home. No, five no. years at home completely you know what different. I mean it's it's Chalk completely different it's not home it's not it's it's not real football the players aren't operating in the same mindset as as Klopp has, has drilled into their heads whatsoever so post lockdown it was poor but but those factors were still at play we've lost half our team and our and our, and our the fundamental things that make us so good are all gone at the moment everything that can go wrong has gone wrong and we're still there or thereabouts. This season, we can still turn the season around and finish second. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not dreaming that we're going to somehow win the league because City aren't affected <laughs> like like we are. Well, a case, in point, a case in point about this not being real football, <laughs> West, Ham of, West Ham United have, you know, went fourth tonight. 
it's not real football. The, the reason why West Ham are, have got themselves into fourth position is because there's empty stadiums. You know what I mean? Like they're one of the teams who. Um, <laughs> 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 I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I only have to yeah, lose a bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. I only have to cut a bit of weight. Um, but no, look, it, it is. It's 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 a fake season. It's just like when when people look back at this, um, even you know, even if anyone can be asked to do a compilation of of you know, sort of this season in years to come, you know, we'll look back at it and say, what? How shite was that season? Mm. You know, it's it's it, you know watching games as a neutral now. It's just uh, so mundane, right? Mm. Just to lead it on because it, it does factor into the same part. Like we're talking about re, the not the rebuild. I I don't call a call it a rebuild. I think it's the ev- I think it's an evolution. Rebuild says that you have to throw absolutely everything out. I think we probably need to replace three to four players, nothing major, and you can continue mm. to move on. And to to Pete's point. I think this is a natural cycle in a club team. If you look at the Dortmund team, after three years, they were fried. And that last season is, is a result of what happens. They picked up as many injuries as we had, and it was a disaster at Dortmund, right? And I think maybe from Klopp's point of view, learning that his teams have three and a half years in their legs the way he wants them to play, and then he needs to recycle four, five play, players maybe in, in the first 11 so that he can get the same level of... Uh, of penetration and pressure out of those players for another three to four years is probably his piece to take away from it. But looking at it, right, you, your, your, your topic you want to raise up today is, is the bounce back ability of this squad, this, this set of players now, t- taking Klopp away from us for a second. I think you, and you can, you can talk it yourself, but I think this is bounces out of the fact that we're leading one nil and our brain, our, like their, their heads just go as soon as you can see the goal. I'll let you take yeah. it away. Yeah. I mean, there's just, I mean, bounce back ability in games at the moment just seems to have disappeared. You know, we used to be able to face up to adversity and find a way to, to grind out a result, you know, go a goal down and get a draw or get a win as we as we did when, when we were kind of this juggernaut. Now we seem to go, we seem to go a goal down and the heads just go. Um, there's no response or even worse, sometimes there's, there's a kind of a capitulation or, 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 you know, people maybe trying too hard and then they just compound the situation. So I think we've got to really try and shake that very quickly because this will start to become, if we don't, you know, the games that we've got coming up, this is going to become terminal. But having said that, um, I do think, you know, fundamentally, I think if you look back at, you know, how we've been over the last few weeks, you know, I don't think we've been as bad as that run of results would suggest we've been. You know, if you look at teams who would normally have lost that amount of games, drawn that amount of games, and okay, we had the two decent back-to-back wins in the middle of it, but I, I, I do think that there's, you know, you then throw in some additions back into the squad um, or from the squad into the into the first eleven. The likes of Jota coming back soon. Um, hopefully we can get some meaningful games out of Naby Keita because for all um, the kind of the bit of a circus now that exists around them in the you know pro pro Naby and the kind of just get Naby out the door there is there is a player there that does make an impact it's fairly obvious that he does have a positive impact when he's on the pitch so I think Dan I think also if we can get Kabak and Fabinho functional 
as that centre-back partnership and get Hendo back into midfield. Again, I think that offers us something. And and being able to bring Jota into that front three and rotate and and, and have someone who can come off the bench, whether it be Bobby or whether it be Mane, whoever it is, come off the bench if we are needing a goal or we are needing to change something. Then I I think there is the ability to bounce back and keep the faith that we can get this forward. Because for me now... It's all about coming for I don't really care if we finish second, third, or in, in some ways, I, I take quite a lot of delight out of just finishing fourth and, and getting Champions League football on the last day of the season and sticking two fingers up to a lot of people and a lot of circumstances that have gone against us and just getting through the season. And if we can, if we can have a, a decent European cup run, then so be it. But no, and, and then longer term into next season, like, you know, I, I think the thing about Genie, I'm less concerned now about Genie going. I'm more concerned about the quality of replacement that we're going to get. You know, as long as we get a decent quality replacement, I'm I'm happy. Like I'm 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 happy enough with the fact that you know you can only show loyalty for so long to to players, and if if, if it comes to a natural point where we have to refresh and 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 get some you know get some younger legs in the squad, then then so be it. And, you know, I'd be excited to get the likes of Harvey Elliott back. Um, you know, I'd probably be moving Shakiri on. So you've got a kind of a, a natural replacement there. So I do think the squad is capable of bouncing back, meeting a new objective, which is top four, um, and, and and then going again next season. And, and hopefully we'll get fans in the stadiums come August, Some at least some level of fans in the stadiums in August. Because I think it did even the two thousand fans that were in the stadium i think it gave us a little bit more to keep running on those on those fumes that we were really existing on by the time we got to christmas pete this squad for you can they, can they land top four at this rate and when i say this squad i'm going to give you two options right you've got the option that i think most of us hope and then you've got the option that probably plays out the option that plays out sees a midfielder playing as a center back for the rest of the season and you have to you have to rely on the likes of Oxlade and um Origi playing a part right yeah and um, for me for me scoring more scoring double figures right yeah in the league short answer yeah um, the only time I ever worry about Liverpool, and I think I made this point before, is if if and when they lose or draw, and it it's just not a good performance. I, I haven't seen many games, to be honest, bar the Man City game, you know, for the second half of Man City, and the Aston Villa game, which was a freak. It was just a freak. I mean, it was a it was a masterclass, really, in a disaster class for us and a masterclass for them. But you know, I haven't seen us lose a game where I went. We ha- on another day, you know, we don't bash these, to be honest with you. I know people talk about possession being, you know, a little bit of a moot point, but it is very important. Um, I, I honestly think, I, I can't see us not getting top four, to be honest with you. Ray talked about earlier about West Ham being in a false position. Of course they are. Of course they're in a false position. The real battle will be with Chelsea, to be honest, because I think they're completely rejuvenated with this tonsil. I think they've got, they've got a few players who now believe in themselves. This fella seems to know what he's doing. Leicester will be there or thereabouts. You know, forget about spores and you know the, the Arsenal's and the rest of them. We'll get top four. 
it, it won't it won't be pretty. It might come down to the last couple of games. But if you had to ask me, even with the squad that we've got, are we the fourth best outfit? Of course we are. Of course we are. I can't see us. You know, I think we'll get our act together over the next three or four weeks. We'll put a little bit of a run together. You know, we've. I can't see us. You know, falling out of the four. No way. And we might actually. I could see us actually doing something. We won this Champions League with a much much worse team against a much much better team. In fact, that the, when we won it in two thousand and five, you'd argue that the standard was much higher and our standard was was much lower. So stranger things have happened. Andy. Yes. The players, you're, you're such an optimist superstar, amazing head 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 person. Um, you see no wrong of these players. So, how many points do we win the league with on this bounce back <laughs> ability levels of ten? Don't prophesy not winning the league, Phil. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, like. I don't know how many points Phil I haven't I, I can't look at the league table so I don't even know how many points we have at the moment we're, si- we're six now on 40 points we're safe yeah we're, we're six. right um, Everton are three points behind us with two games in hand they play one game in hand tomorrow night against uh, Manchester City and then yeah, they play so us at the weekend they'll, so they'll, they'll, rest, they'll rest a load of players tomorrow they'll, they'll yeah. shit out. go on Andy so look don't be worrying um, we'll finish in the top four I don't know how many points we'll we'll more than likely finish second. I'd say, uh, they, they we're, all we're waiting on is something to click. You know what I mean? A team like this is well capable of turning things around. Uh, you would have you would have been surprised if somebody told. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. A month ago, that Liverpool were going to win, uh, lose three league games in a row. Especially after having a bit of stinking form. And then two massive wins in London, three one and both. And then for that to happen, it's it, it, football is just it doesn't make sense this season. But get it, you know, I I can't wait till Joe comes back. I think it's for the run end of the season. We may even see we may even see Van Dijk before the end of the season. Like these guys weren't taking out of our Champions League squads. Like there must be some glimmer of hope that Matip's going to come back. And that uh, Van Dijk, what's the point? You know, they were left in the squads. So there's there's enough there at the moment and there's enough coming back. And there's enough know-how with Klopp and what he can do to navigate our way to finishing the top four. Winning the league is just a, a stretch at the moment to forget about it. But um, I'm not, I'm obviously concerned because I'm a Liverpool fan. I think it'd be a disaster if we fell out of the top four. But we're, we're still the best. When we're with a fully fit squad, we're still the best team <coughs> in the country. City aren't exactly tearing things up. They're winning games in a, in a very unusual way for them. I think they've adapted. I, I think I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that City probably win this league anyway, even if we um, 
even if well, if it was debatable, it would have been neck and neck. But I, I think I, I'm kind of I've made peace with the fact that City are going to walk this league, and they probably would have won it anyway um, in the season that it is, and the way that they've adapted and the way that the lad the back settled in. I, 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 give, I give you one thing though, right? In terms of, and this is this is what I'll take a little bit of solace in in the last in the next few weeks because I do think it will take obviously one of uh, uh, you know one of Leicester United. Uh, Chelsea to kind of fall below us. The last three, Leicester's last three games um, are United uh, away. Um, then they uh, have Chelsea away. And then on the last day of the season, they have Spurs at home. So they've got three really tricky games to finish, whereas we've got West Brom away. Um, then we've got Burnley away. And then we've got Palace at home. So as long as we stay within touching distance of Leicester, um, over the next few weeks, uh, I think we can. I think we can say that that this thing probably is going to go right to the wire. I, I don't think we should have to go to the wire. So right, the way I look at it is seventy five has always been the benchmark for Champions League football. So I look at this squad of players, and my concerns are if Klopp persists with playing Henderson and Fabinho in the back four, I think that that ultimately costs us top four. And that's not me doubting Klopp. I think he might go for the safety force, saying that Fabinho's done really well there and Henderson has done a job. I don't want to move them out because I'm nervous with different centre-backs. But I think we lose so much in midfield from not having Fabinho and Henderson in there. And I really think we miss an awful lot with Fabinho. I think you can move Fabinho in for the, for two or three games once you're getting them back in. But he allows the, two, the other two centre-backs to split and then allows our full-backs to really push on. And I think the whole impact of this moving around to try cover the centre-backs issue has been huge. Having Phillips, Davies and Kabak there to play centre-back for us, those three players should be enough to allow us to get Fabinho and Henderson back into midfield. And if we get Fabinho and Henderson back into midfield, that barrier alone makes the job for the centre-backs easier again because they don't have as many players coming at them because our barriers are the ones that are playing at at centre-back. If we do that, I think you can go back to playing the way we are with our three up top and because our fullbacks naturally come into it. You've got that screen of Fabinho, essentially what becomes a back three all the time and our two fullbacks pushed on. Henderson mm. and Wijnaldo have been expert at filling in the fullback positions and transitions. And you look at the goals against Leicester, we're caught in transition. We're, the ball's over the top that hadn't been catching us out that are suddenly catching us out because we're caught in transition. That doesn't happen with Fabinho. Mm. So to me, the way we get top four is to f- have faith. And of all our managers... This is why I think Klopp is probably the one to have it, but to have the faith in his defenders, play them there, and that will bring the rest of the team back into a groove that it needs to be in. But we really need to have a seven or eight match winning streak, in my mind, to make sure we land that top four. I don't know if you need 75 points. 70 points probably gets you top four this season because it's such a mad season. But to be 100% sure, I'd want 75, and I'd also be going for second place. I'm If I'm... If I'm a manager, if I'm Klopp now, and he's more qualified than me, but I'm saying this, we're only six points off second. Right, We're two wins. We have to play United again. We have to play Chelsea again. So that's in, that, those six points are in our control. That, those six points are in our control in terms of what we can do. If we play Everton, we can we can knock Everton out of this top four race. This is like, mm. They've got to look at these as killer knockout games. We play Everton. He's got to be in there in the in the dressing room with the lads after the Leipzig game. This is a knockout game, lads. And then we're going to go straight into a massive knockout game for us at the weekend. 
we do that, we knock another guy out of top four and then we we focus on it to the end of the season. Phil, uh, I, I don't think too many people would disagree with you there. I think we all want to see uh, two centre-backs playing at centre-back. I think Phillips has done well enough to deserve a place there. And if Quebec can get up to speed, he's gonna he he uh, he he will play there. But we we know that Klopp doesn't do these things fast. Um, Robertson's one of the best left backs in the world now. It took him months to get into the team. Fabino is a specialist in that role. He's made that position his own. There's no one that does that uh, screen and position so high up the pitch than him in, the, in on the planet. And it took him a long time to get into the team. So so. These things don't happen overnight with Klopp. Or it's a different mm-hmm. circumstance now, but he's not going to rush it. But I, I, I would say in the next month or two, or not month or two, but next month, four weeks, we will start to see Henderson and Fabinho providing their fit, move back into midfield. Because Klopp, that's where Klopp wants them. He doesn't want them playing centre-back. Those two boys are brought in to play football. Um, and between uh, those two and Phillips, they can, they can do a decent job. Enable their fullbacks to get forward by by putting the uh, those mid those boys back in the midfield, and I think that's where Klopp will want to bring the team, uh, and we we will see it, but we're just not going to see it tomorrow. Hmm. I think I think we misunderstand or miss like from the reading I've made Davies because I've never seen him play, but he's meant to be the one to recovery pace. So if you look at Quebec against, I thought Quebec did well against against Leicester. Thought he was probably lacking a little bit in recovery pace. Phillips has the same issue in terms of recovery pace when it comes to a ball over the top. And I think that's what they signed Davis for. I think they, from everything that's been out there, I think it looks is they're looking at it saying this fella is the one that's going to cover in around the back. If you look at Matip, obviously Matip is it was the guy who was able to step in and do the, do the, the recovery for a more stationary centre back if, if you want a better word. And I think that's why they looked at Davies. It was a, it was a no loss. At least it's going to be a bit of pace in the back four. Because if you look at Williams, was a, was a wee bit slow. Phillips is a wee bit slow. And without Matip, you don't really have a pacey centre back in there. And that's what he's been brought in to do. So, like mm. to me, that's why the idea of having Davies and Quebec and bringing them in, and obviously by bringing two in, he thought this we bring a partnership in. This week from the City to the Leicester game, I, my only thing was I would have thrown them in against City. You may as well have lost. 4-1 against City and got a result out of Leicester than losing 3-1 to Leicester and whatever it was to, to well, City. Phil, like, like, you can't legislate for what happened against City. I know, like, you I know. know Alisson made such uncharacteristic errors and then we could... Look, the boys talked about the, the Leicester game last night, so we're not going to do it again. But the game shouldn't have really went the way it went. We, we did enough up to... Sit, 70 whatever minutes when they scored uh, even after we scored ourselves we we looked like uh, we were going to score again and then um, Fabino or uh, Thiago just does a mad mad challenge on the edge of the box uh, a man, uh, his experience it was it was naive it was foolish it's it's every should've... week <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but he was um, he's uh, he, he nearly it probably should have been a penalty and then and then they scored an offside goal and then uh, Allison has another little, little mistake. Little. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like these are these are like we we'll get on to my topic. But what can you do, lads? <laughs> like, but this, this is this 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 yeah. is the only thing Andy would say in terms of Ray's thing about the bounce back ability. Sometimes those things just eat in your psyche. And Pete, I'll let you round out on this. But like to me, that's the biggest worry. I think this is a crossroads. This is a massive crossroads of the season. There's the cap- the capability of getting second is, is easily there with the, with the ability that's in that squad. But, and the big but is, 
the way things have gone against us and the re- reaction that's been there, it could easily be a, a horror end. If you look at the, uh, you could end up quickly following Spores' path, which would be horrible for us to do. And they're, they're, they're just in free fall. They could end up getting relegated again. Like, it's just, yeah. it's brutal. Pete. Well, you want to talk about FSG? You really want to talk about the fact well, that. This is the symptom, isn't it? To be honest with you, listen, a lot of people criticise for SFG for the spending. I don't really care about that. I don't want to see Liverpool going out and, you know, committing 20 and 30 million uh, uh, pounds to, to players that are worth half that. I don't want to see that. But you don't want to see, you, you don't want to see on the 24th of January people rushing things over the line for a problem that was clear in October or November. Uh, for me, everything has been reactionary. I mean, forget about spending money. Everybody's always going to complain. If you spend 100 million, some people would say it should have been 200 million. I mean, I, I look back at things like, for example, during the, the COVID crisis, the furlough situation. They were very, very quick to jump on that. And for me, that's a symptom of not being connected to the to 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 Liverpool as a city or to the to the culture of the fans. And then you look at I mean, uh, probably it's out of line for me to talk about. I don't know what's going on indoors. But you look at the fact that people are talking about Jurgen Klopp not able to get to Germany to see his own mother or, uh, sick or buried. Surely there's a circumstance that could have been engineered by, there by the owners. There isn't. No, there isn't. It's, it's, it's against the law. The ger- like, Germany won't let him back in. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not, even make, I'm not even making this up. Because of when when they were talking, he, well, about he could have went. He could have went, but he would have had to stay indoors for two weeks and miss the funeral anyway. Well, for you me, know? for me, for me, I just see an awful lot of reacting from FSG as a as an ownership where it's oh, but we shouldn't do that. Okay, let's issue a statement through some by proxy through somebody else. Why are we assuming that the, that anything like that even took place? Why why are, why are we assuming that 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 uh, that conversation didn't take place? That they said go off and take all the time you need. And Klopp didn't say, I want to work. I don't know what goes on indoors, but yeah. I have a problem with FSG in general. Everything seems to be reactionary. Everything I've, Again, I don't care how much money they spend. I, I, I'm, one, I'm old-fashioned. I don't think you should spend... I, don't, I see some of the money that's being spent, and I think it, it shouldn't be. However, however, this, you, so, you look at the way some clubs are run. For example... I look at Spores. They've had the same chairman for years, and you Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy. They seem to react. They seem to be ahead of things. Now, I know they're not in, in the middle of a, a fantastic period right now, but they don't seem to allow negative things to happen. And then, you know, let's let's circle our wagons and decide what the statement is going to read. I, I'd like to see a little more proactive, proactivity. I just see an awful lot. It almost takes a protest, uh, you know, a, a huge kerfuffle before anything proactive happens at the club as I said it's not about money it's not about millions that are being spent or not being spent I just see it's almost like the club is an afterthought or the or Jorgen and Michael Edwards are an afterthought to everything else that's going on in the background and that's where I would lose my patience I just see oh yeah it's a 34th in January we we do need a couple of centre-halves let's let's just rush it and then you know we had that day where we're comically comically linked to seven or eight centre-backs and then settled on a couple. And the budget, I, I believe, was 1.75 million euros. You know, for me, everything is reactionary. It's a little bit lazy. You know, the planning that we thought was in place where we were three and four transfer windows ahead, I know there's extenuating circumstances. I'm probably contradicting what I said earlier on. But it all seems very lazy, reactionary, and a little bit thoughtless. 
to be honest with you. That's the problem I have with FSG. Everything is an afterthought. It doesn't seem to be, let's sit down and have a conversation about what we need to do going forward. It's like, oh, yeah, that's happened a couple of months ago, so we better do something about it. That's the worry I have, to be honest. Right, Andy, he wants to go first. I don't know. I just don't, I just don't get that, Pete. Um, <laughs> like, things like the furlough, I don't think John Henry it would be involved in day-to-day activities and decisions like that. Well, then why did it happen? Well, well, what happened was it got reversed one, you know, and, that, and that's when owners uh, get involved. If there were such dickheads, they would have said, no, carry on. Like, those decisions... Sure, those sure. decisions are made. Those decisions are made by who's employed and who's put in place. Like, do we have a CEO? You know, we've directors there that, that that run the club on a day-to-day basis. And if they decide to put the the, uh, the staff forward for their uh, unemployment payment, that's that was that would have been their decision. And then the owners have come in and, and reversed that. Look, it was an absolute shit show, and they've made a few of them, you know, trademark and the live report. But every time, every time, sort of something like that happens, here, what, what's what, what's going on here? They're trying to secure the best for the club, you know, uh, financially, which in turn we get the we get the jollies out of it in the end. We didn't sign a player in November because there wasn't the money to just splash in another centre half and Klopp chose to bring in Thiago instead. And when Wijnaldum goes, he'd probably bring in a centre back and Thiago moves into, you know, takes that midfield position. Um, in January, it was left to the last day. We we virtually spent no money with the business that was done. So it's not like they have money in their pockets are, that it's just sitting there in a pile in the corner. Like That's not how investors deal with their, with their investment when they when there's money there it's it's used and all that all of all them phones that you know with um with with deals made and with tv money it's all earmarked and then you have the pandemic and it has it, it fucks up all the forecasting it's just like it's just not going to happen like that they're just not going to say well there there's 30 million like they went and at no point did i ask anybody to commit 30 million what i'd like to see is planning you know, where it's, it looks to me like it's not. But there's um, a huge amount of plan. If you're telling me that, spent, that bringing in two centre-halves on loan to boy on the 31st of January is planning, I wouldn't like to be part okay, of that. Okay, well, 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 and I misinterpreted what you're saying by planning, but they've, they're building the stadium, they're building the infrastructure infrastructure around the ground to, for, for the longevity of the club. Uh, they've moved the training facility. They've made a huge. They brought they brought the club into the twenty fourth century. This is all future planning. They have people employed at the club to um to succession plan, identifying when players are falling uh, numbers wise, and identifying talented all over the world. Like they there couldn't be more strategic planning going on at a club. They're just not sugar daddies. And when anything goes wrong, people just jump on on their. I'm holding around as I think, I think I think I think I take a point, Andy, and it's a point well made. But again, I stick to me guns on the 24th of January. That's I'm sorry, that's shit show. That's not planning at all. And there is such a thing as a loan market where you don't have to commit 10, 20, you know, 30 million euros. You or, and there's the free transfer market as well, where players of experience who don't need to be bedded in for seven, eight weeks, who some of some of whom could actually, you know, walk straight into the side. I just. For me, uh, yeah, yeah, it just, 
I would expect. I mean, I, I think, do you know, to be honest with you, what I think, I think Jorgen Klopp is probably too good for us, the way the club seems to run. And Michael Edwards, we want to be careful that we don't lose that man to, you know, to right. owners who are prepared to the back yeah, up no, I, I, the plan. All I was going to come in here in some ways, I think, <clears throat> I think our planning has almost been too precise in, in some ways. And the, way, the, re, the reason I say that is that they, they very much rely on the summer transfer window to do any of the, you know, kind of splash signings or the, the strategic signings, shall we say, the, the, the signings that build the team, here, you know, season on season. And I think... What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D virtual try-on. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com, quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. They were almost too kind of tunnel visioned almost in some respects. And again, the, the, precision, the precision planning that goes into this and... and the fact that we were caught so short in January was just, I think, a consequence of that. I think we were sitting pretty in some ways, or it was a false, maybe it was in, in hindsight, it was a bit of a false position. But we were top of the league at Christmas. We were weathering all of these storms and the adversity that was coming our way. Um, there still seemed to be, you know, as much as all the fans uh, had misgivings, there still seemed to be, a dependence, a reliability on thinking that, you know, the level, and we know how good Matip is when he's fit, but this reliance on Matip and Fabinho to get us through the second half of the season, primarily with probably a backup plan of, of, of the but likes anybody of him. Anybody who have a brain would, would have been able to tell that, that Joel Matip was not going to last the season. The but they seem... Made they but they seem to have that. Uh, they seem to have that faith uh, and misguided faith, as it mm. as it turns out, because of the fact that you've got you've got Van Dyke and Joe Gomez who will be back available come the summer, uh, you know, for the new season. So they took a bit of a punt, and then they found themselves backed into a really bad situation, a really difficult corner with like what forty eight hours to go when Matip gets his injury, and it finally probably dawns on people that we're going to actually have to go out and, you know, we're going to have to spend some, some money in an emergency. And we're just ending up, we're, we're ending up shopping in, in, in Aldi and Lidl, basically. Can I have a go? 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 I haven't had a go. Andy, I haven't had a go. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Just on a, on a one very individual point. You don't, need the, you don't need the owners to tell Jürgen Klopp or Michael Edwards or anyone at the club in July that we have Lovren, Matip and Gomez who are absolute fucking glass ang- ankles but they trade them. Lovren goes and they don't replace him. That's not on the owners. Like, I mean, everybody at the club knows that you're going into the season with Matip and, and Gomez. Like, he, Gomez gets a horrific injury that you, you don't, you, you can't legislate for, but he was still going to pick up knocks throughout the season and so was Matip. That's not on the owners. Can I have a go? Yeah, go for it. I think this is symptomatic of everything that's going on when, when results are shit. The whole Liverpool fan base at the moment is is, is looking for the blame. We're looking for what's yeah. the blame? What's mm. the blame? When in fact, it's not just one thing. 
It's yeah. a symptom of many different things. Yeah, this time last January, we were talking about how brilliant it was, how FSG have run the club so well, developing the new stand, building the next part on. Look how well we're doing the transfer market. Michael Edwards very rarely misses. Klopp is able to develop players. Look how strong our squad has gone. We'll add two. We only have to add two players or so in the summertime, and we'll be there, thereabouts again, right? We go on 12 months and all, everything that's happened, and everything is a microcosm. So when you put all these things together, it all looks crap. So I get I get the frustration that everyone has, the fact that we didn't have a centre-back lined up on, the, on January 4th. That doesn't fall just at FSG's feet. It falls at Michael Edwards' feet because he's there as the chief negotiator. He, we've, we've heard many different articles where he sets a price. And if he believes, if, if they won't negotiate or come down to the price variations that he has around it, they just walk away. They just don't continue on with the negotiations. And this thing around the Quebec, when he signed it, he said that we'd already gone to them in October and they'd been quoted a price of 35 or 40 million euros, whatever it was to sign this player. And they walked away and said, we're not interested. What's mad in my head is the, is the likes of the Ben Davies signing. You can't, it can't explain to me that we couldn't have gotten Ben Davies over the line on the 1st of January, right? And whether we needed to sign, whether the Matapon pushes us to sign two centre backs instead of one centre back, we could have got, we could have got Ben Davies over the line on January the 4th. That would have given us an extra body in there and potentially would have given us a better January than what we had at that time. And he would have been better than quickly. And we still could have looked to sign a cheap deal for Quebec because mm. to emphasize your point, Pete, in terms of shrewd business and proactivity, they leveraged Schalke's financial position right at the end to get a loan deal for Quebec with, a, with an option to buy for 20 million at the end of the season, if that works. Right. Mm, not not an obligation to buy. Yeah. Exactly. So all these things to me, this yeah. is all if you strip away the anger we have at what's gone on and wanting to blame something for where we are, mm. there is a number of different nuances that sit yeah. in the back of this. And football, uh, the football business is a nuanced business. Yes, Corby's having an impact. Yes, the Anfield Road Stadium is gonna have an impact, but lads, there hasn't been crowds in the stands for yeah. nearly 12 months. And we've and and one of the one of the one of the main reasons we we've went and won the European Cup and the league is Van Dijk, yeah. what he enabled to do so much is long balls out wide and everything. It's not just defending; it's 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 his leadership, everything that he's brought. To, it's fucking out for the season, and then people go for the owners. Like, look, lads, look at some of the comments. Like, master a disaster. Do we still tongue tongue after she's ours if we don't make top four? No, that's too. Why? Why, like, why, why would he even come into the conversation? Yeah, there's so many things that I mean, have happened. There with I would say, Andy, you I don't would fucking say, start blaming okay. him, them, the fucking club, yeah. uh, the coaching staff. Shit, fucking happens. I would say to them, Hicks and Gillette. That's all I'd say. I mean, would you really want to go back to being within yeah. six hours? Well, I, of, I, I think, Pete. I think there's an element in truth to what you're saying. I think, in some respects, we are t- we are too. There's there's a there's a there's such a reliance put on them to get smart deals done all the time that sometimes you have to bin smart deals and get a deal done right. There is that element of football that has always needed to be done and will always need to be done right. And that's where we haven't been good. And the, the Davies thing is definitely an example of that. Like just two million quid, we could have got it done. We sent Taki out, and the two million quid that we spent on the loan deal and the Davies deal, that's what we that's what we've used. We've used two million quid in to get two million quid out. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's what what it's been all enough for. Balance the books, yeah. Balance the books. I mean, to me, I, I don't even <clears throat> I'm not even convinced Klopp knew who Ben Davis was on the first of January. I he mean didn't. He, he doesn't know, have to. He like, doesn't have to. 
the, 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 it was obvious from interviews when he was being asked about bringing players in on, you know, probably something like the 19th, 20th of January that the conversations are being had behind the scenes and they might have got a bit heated, but there was no intention of bringing anyone in. This all happened in a 48-hour period when Matip got injured yeah. um, and it became... It, quickly became apparent it was a serious you know uh, you know no more or less season ending injury which it turned out to be so like this was all i, I get the reactionary bit but like it really got so like it, it to me it it got to the point where it we we come within a whisker of having to play um williams and um phillips as our center back partnership it, it got to that point where where something had to be done um, yeah, of course. And look, a lot of the time he doesn't have to know the ins and outs of every player. Yeah, it's handy if your manager has at least watched the player. But but but, but powerful leaders uh, empower people around them. He's put people in positions around the club that know how to do things better than him. And if somebody if somebody in his background staff recommends a player, he trusts them. And and that's what's happened here. He's went okay, go ahead, let's do it. And Klopp will work with him. I think ideally Klopp likes to talk to players, loads of dialogue over the phone. I believe when he spoke to Wijnaldum first, he asked him where he was on holidays. It wasn't all the usual questions. He likes to know about the character because unless you're of a certain ilk or a certain character, you're not going to just fit into the culture that he's he's developed at the club. But these guys like um, Davis are short-term solution. Uh, Kabak was already on our radar. He's a quality player. And they brought him in on a, on a good deal that... Uh, that's a, it's a win-win, you know. Um, it, it was never going to be a case where they were going to invest uh, 20, 30 million in a player because we still have players coming back uh, like Gomez and Matip and Van Dijk who are on massive wages. And they, they're in the plans, they're in the future, a club's future plans. So it wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, let's go out. And it, for, for two reasons, the money's not there. And secondly, it makes no fucking sense because what are you going to do when they're, when the other players are back? Can I just yeah. say, the, the other thing about this is that we have to remember, we can't un- un- underestimate the impact that the coronavirus period falls between our re- most re- the, the, the set of accounts that comes out, right? So we're talking about May to April. Of this year, right? So you look at you look at that period that we're talking about. There's no fans. All our fan income and all our our income was is 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 done up until March last year. So it doesn't have a real impact. COVID has on last year's accounts, but the impact on this year's is huge. It's monstrous, and that's why when you look at it, they went and they spent some money in the summer. Said right, and if you think about, I've always looked at it when I looked at Mo Chatra's things and looked at Swiss Rambles things. We've always had about net twenty five million, no matter whether we're in the Europa League or not in the mm. Europa League. There's always net about twenty five million to spend based on the commercial revenues we generate, right? And if you look at that's more or less what they spent in the summertime. That's literally what they spent mm. in the summertime because they know that with or without fans, with or without the commercial revenue, more or less supports that level of spend, right? So we've come to the wintertime. We're still in the middle of this COVID thing and they've done a net neutral spend which allows us to get two centre-backs in because of the disaster that's gone on with Matt also getting injured as well. Hmm. Anyway, forget well, about net spend. It's a stupid... No, no, I'm, I'm just talking about a net neutral spend in terms of the impact it has on the Oak. So and yeah. the, I go back to it. We are run, We are not run as FSG. We are run as Liverpool Football Club. And yeah. FSG have long said Liverpool Football Club runs itself. Whatever it makes, it spends. Whatever it gets in, it spends. Whatever it doesn't make, it can't spend. Right? They've given interest-free loans when it comes to building the stands. As we know, there's, they're, they're to be paid out when the club is sold on. And the club will be sold on. 
So I like to me again, their 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 relative impact is impacted based on the on the commercial revenue that the club generates. So it can be overthought when we're looking for things to blame and underappreciated when we are when we aren't thinking about what's going on. But it's they have good points, they have bad points, and that's just where it is. There isn't a horrible boogeyman sitting there, Tom Werner sitting there with a Jason face on him, going, Woo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold back the money here, not let the lads have the money at all. But Andy, on that, you were talking about bringing back the fun. Yeah, all this is yeah. bringing back the fun. Can I like, just bring say, the fun for me? Look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's bringing the fun tonight, Kieran Thorn. There's no good shift for Kieran, is there? Sincerely, Kieran, thanks very much. Like, <laughs> you're too kind. Uh, that ridiculously sound of you. You don't have Sterling to do that. as well, Andy. Yeah. He's, he's is incredibly he's, strong at the moment. Kieran yeah. Thorne is always doing yeah. sound things. Uh, yeah. He never gets a mention, but he's yeah. always retweeting, always, yeah. being, always getting involved with sound, lad. But he's spot on. I don't. I don't mind. Uh, the, the reading. You know, sometimes you get a super chat up, and you're like, "What the fuck is this fellow on about?" But look, you make a perfect sense. It's exactly the same. They're they're trying to convert the model in baseball. It's a little. It is a lot different than in football. But what they have done is had basic wages that are bumped up. Um, on incentives. I know every club has incentives. Every club has player uh, strikers. If they score goals, they get paid 25 grand or whatever. Ours especially. But, but our, that's what I was about to say. Ours yeah. is particularly like that. So it's a it's a minimum risk strategy. So the more you win, the more success you have, the more you're paying your wages. If the play, if the team are unsuccessful, they don't have that outlay. It's it's very it's 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 and not I very want, risky. I, I want to say thanks, big thanks to Bobby Firmino this year for not invoking any of his bonuses, so it's not cost the club any <laughs> yeah. money to keep. They him must out. they must love him. No wonder he stays in the team. And Carigi, he also hasn't been paid in two years now at this stage. He hasn't scored a goal. But the thing, the funny thing is, like that they would have had to have paid out all of those bonuses at the end of the season at a time when it coincided with us not having the season ticket renewal revenue yeah. season ticket renewal revenue a, a ball you're looking at ballpark 30 million that would have come in the coffers in yeah. may at the time yeah. when they were paying out these bone you know yeah. at the time the bonuses are paid out you know it's yeah. just another example of how things have been completely torn yeah. up by covid like people just people think oh, I'm fucking FSG mad, but what what yeah, I, I what I, like, look you like I feel like John now, Henry on your what? But <laughs> the t- the thing about it is what drives me mad is when people don't consider all the factors. Like why it's it's like when you're on uh, it's just one of those things that drives me mad. It's it was the the Jordan Henderson thing that the narrative there. Um, I just don't I just can't get my head around people that are so narrow minded. Consider all the factors and, and form your opinion on that. Learn and educate yourself. It's like VAR. Well, it's For not. Sake, it's what's it's the not point? What's the it's, not, it's not narrow-minded to question the authority. After all, no, I question them. I think. Look, listen. I question. These are the, owner, the owners of a football club, and I understand it's not an yeah. endless pot of money. But however, don't put yourself forward as the owner of a major football club, a force in world football. If you can't afford, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to sound entitled, but if you can't afford to compete. You know, be uh, if if the model is but how can't they afford it? Five hundred and fifty million they they generate in revenue last season. At the moment, four or five years ago, it was a fraction of that. At the moment, they're sc- they're scaring around looking for investment, and that's probably the responsible thing to do. So it's returning their own investment. P. No, waiting they're, people find it. Waiting people I, find that out. It's a business, and they're going fucking that. mad. Yeah, it's a, it's a, no, it's a business, but it's a business yeah. that requires investment. No, I'm not criticizing them. Yeah, but I will question them. 
simple. I, I, like yeah, I, I love, I, I love, I love when we're shit. The best thing about us being shit is we have <laughs> so many rows, Andy, right? And it's just like <laughs> people are going mental. I'm looking at the chat. There's absolute murder going on. There's a fella trying to get my attention. It's just like, like, I'm the, like, Honestly, you're you're barking up the wrong tree, especially when I tell you about what it was like on John Henry's yacht when I was over in Boston a few weeks ago. Because honestly, like you should see what he used the money for that that we got into Chapman's League for. It's amazing. There's a whole Chapman's League wall in the in 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 the boat itself, because on the far side it has all the World Championships that the Red Sox have won, and then there's a bit around on the NASCAR stuff as well. It's absolutely amazing. It's one of the nicest boats I've been on in so long. But like in reality, like that's you, you need if you can get a chance to go see the boat, go see it. Right, I'll I'll send me a dm and i'll talk to you i'll, I'll take send you pictures i have pictures of it me john henry and linda we went out for a little a few days when i was over in boston it was it was absolutely mm. fantastic lads definitely well worth it but andy you've you're delighted because the laugh was back like when you take var you take these mistakes you take everything that's going on in it's like it's fantastic yeah now i was i was talking about an emotion i had a couple of weeks ago when when i celebrated a goal angrily and it was it was a long time since I kind of celebrate angrily. I used to always celebrate angrily. And that's because we've been dealing with such highs and lows that when you score, you know, you're angry. You're not even smiling. You're fucking angry. <laughs> we scored you constantly. <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And an emotion that, that I that haven't experienced in a while um, either was when, when we went 3-1 down and I just laughed because I thought, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, if it can go wrong, it's going wrong. It's like what Klopp said in his press conference today um, when someone from the medical team comes up to him and says, uh, bit of an issue. <laughs> Set the <laughs> half, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I, I was watching uh, us against Leicester and I was like, ah, another mistake by Allison, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just uh, so, like there's all of these things are over control. Like by getting angry at Klopp, the owners, the players, the this, the that, it's not going to get crowds back in the um into the ground. It's not going to get uh, Virgil off the treatment table and, and Matt the back and Gomez back and everything. There's so many things that are are completely out of your control. Sometimes you have to just go with it. And uh, and you now I laughed. I did laugh, and I later on. I was I was very angry. I couldn't look at football. I couldn't de- deal with anything to do with football. But that's that's the the roller coaster of emotion uh, that Liverpool will give you. And we I don't think we'd come back every weekend week out if it didn't give you that those highs and lows. I mean that's what I live for. But I just thought I just I just thought it was interesting that the laugh came back. <laughs> and I thought when the laugh comes back. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. I, I, I do think of Phil on the early days <laughs> doing this podcast. Okay, we'd go we'd a good four season. Uh, but after that, we'd such a laugh <laughs> when, we were, when we were shit. Like <laughs> it's so much more fun discussion discussing a lot and laughing at different things. But uh yeah, so just said we'd we'd uh, we'd ha- we, one of our topics tonight just 
discuss the laugh. Does it? Does anyone feel the laugh back? <laughs> we just I've, angry. I've, I've, I've like Ray Ray Dicko said when I popped in on 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 Saturday just as Leicester scored their second goal, saying "I'm in." He said, "You're never off these days. It's because we're shit yeah. again." I was like, "Yeah." I have so much fun doing this podcast when we're crap. Like, when we're yeah. winning, th- to be honest with you, you're nitpicking. When we're winning all the time, last season was mm. nitpicking. I yeah. don't like I don't like the colour of the laces in your mouth. You should have, you should have got up at three o'clock in the morning or the laces and candle like mm. I did. You wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> right? Um, but I think about the great days of Liverpool Football Club when Glenn Johnson couldn't defend the ball. <laughs> <going over his head. laughs> When Skirtle you know, literally got bullied by every single powerful centre forward that ever existed, and people used to cheer when he did a sliding tackle once every five weeks, and then you get a bandage on his head and you head a ball away, and they'd all say he was a really rough and powerful centre back. When we had like Daniel Sturridge was like living in Nab- what is Nabby Kate's house now, and they don't realise that there's ghosts that injured him in the night time. There's yeah. like there's just it's 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 much better fun. Um, when we're crap to be told honest with you fighting people and getting banned for 10, 10 games at a time you look at our, you look at our WhatsApp group like there was there was only one place we all were like in, in August and that was like just like fantasy land like here we yeah. are to win the league we're all on here crying tears of happiness and like you know a couple of well whatever it is four months later five months later uh, we've got the the swamp <laughs> the the, uh, <laughs> the, the Hodgson swamp where where Ray resides with, with one or two of the lads we've yeah. got um the uh, the Kenny clouds the Kenny where, clouds where, where so in between yeah yeah, yeah. Kenny Dalby's clouds where there's a few lads like with their yeah. you know um the top reds. <laughs> And uh, and then this is right the, at the top. The, right at the top, right out in orbit is the Shankly Station, and that's where <laughs> that's where I live with all the top reds. <laughs> so so if if um, you just wouldn't have that laugh, like what else is being shit? So it's a bit I mean, of a trade everyone off. Was, yeah. Everyone was flocking to the swamp. To be honest with you, but now it's just quite a sad place to be because there's just yeah. you know there's there's no end yeah. to it really. Yeah, oh, look, I was, I'm, I'm like Shrek when it comes to the swamp. Like you can all fuck off. I've been here all the time, right? And just because you want to bugger off yeah. when we win the league, like you can't just come in. It's like if you're not going to if you're not going to abuse when we're good, you can't come back when we're bad, right? No. That's just the way. Like it works the same way as, as you can support us when we're good. You can't support us when you're bad. Like li- literally, get lost if you're not going to abuse when, when we're good. Bugger off when we're bad. It's yeah. more and you can you can jump between the tree, which is which is which I find is great. So like I was yeah, up in the yeah. Shankly station as son of myself having the crack, and then I seen uh, Hodgson or not Hodgson. I seen, <laughs> I seen Ro- Rogers. Sometimes I mix the two of them up. Uh, <laughs> uh, that he had been he had been on to clap like to, now this is a serious topic, but he'd been on the clap to to offer his condolences about his mom. And uh, and I was thinking that that's that's lovely, you know what I mean? But today he's gonna have our shoulders down. So I just I just got up off the Shankly station in my speedos and done a big bond oil. <laughs> it's like 225 or 250,000 feet down into the, uh, the, the, the swamp and a big muddy splash, and, and Ray was Ray was sitting there, you know, having a can of tenants and, uh, <laughs> before the game. So it's it's just yeah, it's it's nice that it's nice that we have these different places we can live and, and have a laugh out of of You have things. to look look if you can't if you can't honestly and this is what I said to you before and, and I think we're all the same. It's such a shit time in, in for everyone at this moment in time, right? 
you have to be able to find solace and fun in whatever you support because if you don't find fun in the game that you're watching if you don't find fun in the support you're watching there's just no point watching it turn mm. off and do something else do something mm. else that's going to mentally stimulate you like for me I've waited a long time for us to be crap again and like now I'm, I'm just <laughs> relishing it right and like it's just, just I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying it mm. I hope we make the Champions League I like us being to a certain level of crapness where there's like <laughs> we're deadly for a bit to get over the, the crap right and then we go to then we do some mad really crap things like the Allison thing to me this the absolute hate that's being brought on Allison is just insane right yeah. it's like the fella exactly. even out of the mistake that happens between him and Quebec which I still think yeah it looks terrible but that's a new centre back and a goalkeeper doing what he yeah, always does Portuguese and the other one who speaks Turkish you've got a goalkeeper who does that all the time and a centre back who's played for Schalke who hasn't yeah. seen this in a long time, right? Or if ever, right? <laughs> mm, yeah. So it, it's it's just it's just insane. And then about two minutes later, the fella pulls off arguably the best save we've seen all season. Mm. The one down gets back up the recovery and then saves the one that's going back. Like it, it's utter utter brilliance in terms of what it is. And I've no worries yeah. about him. Every goalkeeper, Schmeichel, I remember going, to, remember going through like a game of two or three games where he did ropey things, and all of a sudden he comes back to his best. And this is like Allison got Allison going into. The derby at the weekend, it's the right way to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? You so get it's, bored still, don't they? And you, I mean, you're in the union. You get bored, keepers. Well, it's, it's not. It's, it's not so much boredom, mate. It's it's about he's playing at such a high standard that these things rarely happen, and when they do happen, it just looks terrible in terms of what it does. So I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. And it's, he's bed new. With it. <coughs> there's a there, there's a hot take straight in yeah. from Ian McLaughlin. Nobody's enjoying this uh, uh, losing for fuck's sake. We're just we're just. We're just trying to see the positives and have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to turn. We're just trying to get a bit of humour out of the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, like seventeen. To be honest with you, I'm I'm actually finding these losses really kind of hard to stomach. To be honest, like, uh, and and hard to stomach because there is that sense of you know kind of we just lost control of the situation because of yeah. where, where we find ourselves. And that when this isn't, you know, you, you, there's a certain hopelessness now about going a goal or two goals down. Whereas in the mm. past, you know, in the last few years, you'd have even, even when we were bad, actually, we were, we, we could turn around some really bad situation, you know, in, in a particular game, we could come back from two or three goals down. I just don't feel like there's that. We've got that in us at the moment. I think, like we, uh, you know, we would accuse City of uh, not being able to handle adversity in seasons gone by. We seem to have fallen into that kind of category yeah, the at the moment. Football is about momentum, and yeah. you know, uh, I think Andy made the point earlier on how important Virgil Van Dijk is. I don't know if you remember, maybe ten or ten or eleven years ago, the, the they used to show on Sky Sports Spanish football with Real Madrid every every other week. And if Real Madrid went a goal down with all these Galacticos, the camera would take its time to go through as they would all look at each other. Sergio Ramos would look at David Beckham. They'd look at Figo, Roberto Carlos. kind of feels like that now with Liverpool, except there's nobody really to look to. You know, you know, in, in bad times, you look to Virgil van Dijk and Virgil van Dijk is kind of, right, let's go. There's nobody yeah. to look to to say, he's going to pull us out of this right now. Yeah, and maybe that's too much to put on his shoulders, but I think we just lack that. And Andy is right. We're damaged. We're damaged. Liverpool fans 
Liverpool fans are damaged for 30 years. We haven't. Uh, we were only starting to get used to winning when we're expected to win and under Klopp because of the pre- because of the league last year and the league the previous year in the Champions League win. And it's very easy for us to, to switch the flick back to what we've experienced for the 30 years previous to that, where we were we we'd lose games where we're winning seven nil and we draw games where we're losing a hundred nil and stuff like this. It's just mad times goes on. So when Andy says about getting the laugh back, it's because we've more or less seen everything at this stage. When it starts with Ronnie Rosenthal's smack off the crossbar back in 1990 right if that doesn't happen none of the rest of the 30 years happens like that, that no, you can pinpoint that one that moment field, the context of that was selling who did we sell um ray houghton yeah we, we sold three or four of our best players in the peak of their career because graham soon has decided hmm. i'm the manager now and yeah. we're getting three or four lads and well, they're that's, all going that's the moment and that's the slide. Who, who didn't? Who didn't laugh when we got rid of Ray Houghton and got Paul Stewart in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> look, Ian. Uh, look, you're a fan from the '80s. Is that just you've just come from the '80s now, or, or what? <laughs> I don't know. But we 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 were all in the '80s too, believe it or not. Um, yeah. yeah, it's you haven't come from Mars. Like, it's 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 a uh, it happened, and we were there too. So. Uh, like, you, I have to you've, say, di- of, you've just a different outlook to us. Okay. One so. of my one of my favourite memories is Rigobert's song, <laughs> mainly because of his hair. Like it was yeah. just uh, it was it was mad, and it's like yeah. it's just it doesn't make sense. And when I picture Rigobert's song, I can picture him in a Liverpool jersey, but I can't picture any game he ever played in ever. Right? I just know he was in it, yeah. and I know I enjoyed looking at him, and it was great. And then I don't remember any game. It's a bit like. I can remember Abel Xavier playing in a, in a Merseyside derby. Don't remember him ever playing any other match bar that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Christian Ziga came for a bunch of clear seal, and then that was that. Like you couldn't. Uh, I don't remember what happens after that. So like, yeah. it, it, this is what we faced over twenty years, and we've had probably the best season of our lives that we're ever going to experience. Last year, um, one show scored a goal against Arsenal. Always yeah. makes it me. Anthony played live at Anfield against Bradford. I don't yeah. know if you remember the game. Jamie Flair, hang got- on, hang on. I, I want, I want to just point. Do you see this one here? Flair, you've got this joke hole. The reason I know he played for us because I went to watch Liverpool play against Stoke in an ill draw. I was sitting in the cup, and Joe Cole had a shot with three minutes to go, and he managed to clear the cup from eight yards out. And from that moment downwards, I was the closest I've ever come to invading a pitch just to punch the face off a footballer <laughs> in my whole life. Right. And that was that was I knew that we were hitting the nadir of what we'd gone through with cool. him. Uh, when you talk about hot takes, so, uh, somebody just br- uh, put Joe Cole and Thiago into the same uh, bracket there for me there the other day, and uh, it was said oh, that he's just, he's just come to collect his wages, and it doesn't no. look like he gives bollocks. Thiago, hot, hot moment, takes. No, he's oh. at the moment we are not good enough for him. That's the reality. <clears throat> A hundred percent, yeah. Honestly, that's, I'm going to tell you something, right? I think in a diamond midfield and you throw Thiago up the very top of the diamond and you play, you have, if you had Wijnaldum, Henderson and Fabinho sitting in that, right? With Salah and Mane, I think you'd have a mad side. I think you'd have a... a, a, a you'd, so you'd why have wouldn't a, you just play him in the false nine then? <clears throat> that, because I'm playing in a diamond and you'd change the shape, right? Like diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> fucking same thing we're attacking the goal though isn't it <laughs> listen I've got 9% battery left of me, me chargers and working so um, one last thing I'll say to you is, lads who would you choose Adrian or Bogdan oof i tell you who we choose. We'll cho- choose Pancake Ch- Choco Budio, given <laughs> it's Pancake Tuesday tomorrow <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, 
was brilliant. We signed him because he he turned up at Anfield for, with Bolton. Bolton, yeah, he was good oh, then. That was the best we've seen. Absolutely battered them. And he had a Gordon Banks. And I think the next time we had a chance to sign the keeper, we just brought him in. Yeah. I remember thinking, this lad is going to be mustard. He's going to replace everyone. And he just turned into chocolate fingers the minute ah. that we saw him. I, I tell you, right, honestly, if you ne- tomorrow when you are making your pancakes out there, like I always take Pancake Tuesday off, best day of the year, um, uh, I always do it, right? So every time you make a pancake, look in your pancake, and if you you only have to look hard, you'll see Simon <laughs> Minilay's face looking think- back at you every single time. The fella had a pancake face, and it's never changed one bit since then. My Cooper, right? my Cooper had a pancake face. Flair Nowhere says... Near. Flair says is an empty net is an option. I think we could, uh, you know, one of those pinatas hanging out the call. So, so, somebody said Carius Car- was a pancake face. No, it wasn't. Carius yeah. had pancake hands, as we all know. If he had had real hands, we would have we would have won a Champions League, but we didn't. The right, lads. Was last season we could. There were so many games where we didn't need a goalkeeper. Actually. Yeah. Come here, well, honestly, I'm going to just disappear out of the top left-hand screen now at this rate because I've got <laughs> I'm down to 7% of the battery. Roy, this has been the forum. That's been Ray. That's been Pete, sort of that way. And over this way is Andy Young, of course, of top 40 red. years of age. Top, top red, top red. Shackley Station. Shackley Station. Station. <laughs> that's, Station. That's Ray Dicko coming live from the shed in the swamp. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> alongside him is Pete. Who's yeah. uh, just who's in my gaff in Barcelona, um, and I'll be there soon with John Henry and Linda on the US. So Pete, you're welcome to come down. I'll show you the whole wall. That we built. Ray, kind of Ray is just about to this. get into a big Ray? bath of sewerage now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna get ready for the for the, <laughs> for the independent loss tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's been the crack, lads. Um, what, what has been the crack? That's been the crack. So, uh, yeah. thanks Apart again. McLaughlin, no crack, McLaughlin. No crack at all. <laughs> right? Listen. Uh, no again, fun, lads. Just remember. Listen, business, ta- thanks <laughs> for all the comments, for everything that's coming in. Big thanks, big shout out. See you all again next week. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Good night and God bless. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things. The every box and barcode matters things. And the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance. Wholeheartedly for you. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Podcast Network.